Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about film and TV news. We haven't done this in a while. It's going to be mostly a Star Wars-filled episode. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer, Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. Uh, first off, I want to say the, there is a reason why we haven't been doing a lot of news episodes lately. In December, Hollywood, like the executives in Hollywood, like to take off, and a lot of the news kind of kind of slows down. Like I, w- I was actually putting together this news episode, I had to reach back to like news from last week because it's it's been pretty bare out there. Uh, are you feeling that, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's 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 slow, but I'm also we're we're so busy at, at slashfilm.com doing our end of the year stuff that I'm kind of glad it's slow because otherwise I feel like we'd be drowning. So yeah, it's okay, Hollywood. Enjoy your vacation. <laughs> but I'm just saying this because I know people, some people out there that listen to this podcast, that subscribe to this podcast, like these news episodes, and they're like, you know, we love these features that you're doing, but we want more news episodes. Uh, we we just want to give you interesting news episodes. So you you will get that. We will return to that more often. Uh, here's, when... here's, some, here's some breaking news. Uh, Kevin James to play Superman. Wow. Wait, yeah. What? <laughs> hot, off, hot off the wire o- over at the Hollywood Reporter. Kevin James is the new Superman. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. Wait, I'm not even sure I understand this joke. It's just, it's just not a true story, Peter. <laughs> okay, but why Kevin James? Like, I feel like that joke because could have been it's done ridiculous. With... <laughs> I feel like you could have picked a more ridiculous person, Brad. That's Come true. On, really, you really don't think Kevin James is the most ridiculous choice for Superman? Helen Mirren is the new Superman. See? More <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, uh... The other thing I want to say before this is that there's a new Mandalorian episode out right now on Disney Plus, and uh, we normally do a, a Mandalorian episode recap that will be tomorrow. So look forward to that. Uh, we've just kind of fallen behind because of all the Star Wars madness. And uh, one last thing I want to say is uh, we recorded this episode yesterday, we're talking about our favorite TV series of the last decade. And I went to bat for Penn and Teller Fool Us, which is one of my favorite shows. I 
expected to get roasted on social media and in the email. And so far, there's only been like one or two kind of like very negative tweets lodged at me. Uh, I am very surprised that I've uh, made this out pretty unscathed. Uh, but I, I, I do appreciate the emails that we have gotten uh, that um, while they don't, they have either not seen Penn and Teller for us or do not agree with me uh, that it is best of the decade material. They appreciate me going to bat for something that I really loved and trying to get, um, you know, a list that, rep- that had my, my representation in there. So anyways, I, I want to say, say thank you for everybody who's emailing, uh, the people who are tweeting. Uh, and I uh, hope even if you, you don't agree with me, you enjoyed the episode. So, um, Okay. Let's get into the news. Uh, let's start off with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The world premiere of that happened not last night, but the night before that in Hollywood. I attended that premiere, and uh, that's where the early buzz started to come out. And this morning, the first reviews hit. We're not going to have any spoilers here, guys, so don't worry. Cone of, cone of uh, non-spoilers here. Uh, but we have all seen this film, and we're not. This isn't going to be a you know a big discussion. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll give our early reactions to this. But before before that, Brad, what was the first buzz coming out of the premiere? Uh, it was rather divisive. Um, there was some people you know that were praising aspects of the movie, um, but then also recognizing that there were some things that happened that they didn't like. Uh, there there were some more positive reactions from. Uh, you who really enjoyed the movie, uh, people like Fandango's Eric Davis, who was uh, very positive about it. Uh, Anthony uh, Bresnikan, formerly of Entertainment Weekly, now at Vanity Fair and a big Star Wars fan, uh, broke a lot of the Star Wars exclusive stories, uh, really enjoyed it and said that it felt it, it went, went hand in hand with The Last Jedi very well. Other people thought the movie was like a slap in the face to The Last Jedi. So it's interesting to see this kind of broad uh, you know, spectrum of reactions. And there's... There's also plenty of disappointment, too. Some people feel like this isn't uh, a proper finale, that it doesn't really give you the same sense of uh, swelling emotion and pride for, to, to see this series come to an end uh, as many hopes. So it's uh, it's a mixed bag out there, and uh, Chris's review certainly is uh, evident of that. Yes. Um, we'll get to that in a second. I'll start things off because I am definitely the most positive here on the Slash Film crew. Uh, I... I'll, I'll first, I, I want to say just a, a few disclaimers here. I, I think J.J. Abrams was handed a bad hand of poker here. Um, it, no matter what you think of Last Jedi, um, if you love it, you hate it. Um, you know, this last film was, I think it all, like, for everybody would agree, was supposed to be Leia's film. And uh, Carrie Fisher died, and I feel like, you know, he had to use this footage that was previously recorded and, uh, you know, do it in a satisfying way. Uh, you know, he was handed by Ryan Johnson, like, you know, say what you will, you know, he subverted some things. And I it, I think those those bits of subversion made it almost impossible to, to make an end of this trilogy arc or even nine episode arc, like to make it satisfying because, what, you only have one Skywalker who is alive, right? And this is the Skywalker saga. Uh, I will say that in my mind, uh, for me, J.J. Abrams made a satisfying conclusion to both this trilogy, but also the nine-episode arc. It was uh, emotionally um, exhausting, 
I think this film is. Um, I do have some problems with it. It is the plot is a little convoluted, but uh, I I just enjoyed it so much uh, that it I I've seen it twice now and it it didn't really matter to me. Um, but uh, I JJ Abrams is so good at like having that magic and the energy between characters in a room. That, I know that sounds like bad, but like. The, the energy between Finn and Poe and Rey that we had in Force Awakens that we didn't have in Last Jedi, and maybe that's because they were split up. Who, who knows why that was? Uh, I feel like it's back here, and it was just so much fun spending some time with these the, these characters again and uh, you know getting this conclusion to the saga. Uh, Chris, you did not like this movie. Uh, no, this is a bad movie. <laughs> um I, I went into this hoping for the best. Um, I love Last Jedi. I really like Force Awakens. And, you know, I thought like, well, since I like Force Awakens and this is J.J. Abrams, it'll probably be at least as good as Force Awakens. But no, it is not. Um, I just want to say up front, without getting away spoilers, there's a lot of talk about, oh, is, is J.J. Abrams retconning what Ryan Johnson did? I really don't think he is. And that's not the reason. And even if he did... I wouldn't have a problem with that. The problem I have with this movie is it's it's script is an absolute nightmare from beginning to end. It is rushed. Um, it's so exposition heavy. Um, the first like hour is just scene after scene of the characters running into new characters and those new characters like give them background info. And the plot is basically the no, characters plot, are... no plot. <laughs> well, it, People it basically don't want to hear anything. <laughs> This is not a spoiler. Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, say it. No, 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 you're right, because then people will complain. Um, it boils down to just the movie is rushed, it's clunky, it's not at all a satisfying conclusion, not to just the trilogy, just the arc as a whole. Like, the, the best comparison I hear here is, is Avengers Endgame, which is also a big conclusion to something as a whole. And, you know, I'm not a huge MCU fan, but... I thought Endgame, for all its flaws, and it does have flaws, had a very satisfying uh, conclusion. Like, I got the sense that we were at the end of a journey, and we had come to the end of this long emotional journey. And whatever problems I had with that film, I still thought the payoff was worth it. I I didn't feel anything like that with this movie. And I would argue I was much more invested with the characters in this movie than I was in Endgame. And that, to me, is a sure sign that this failed at what it was trying to do and you know i think jj abrams is a good director i just don't think he's a very good writer or maybe most of the fault lies with chris terrio maybe he's the the weak link here but the, the script in this is uh a mess so i am not a fan of the rise of skywalker I like the script of Force Awakens. Also that. Um, yeah, but he also he's working with Lawrence Frank, Kasdan. Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan on that. So maybe that's the secret. Maybe they really need to bring Lawrence Kasdan in for this. Yeah, uh, Brad. I think um, on this on this podcast, uh, I'm probably the biggest Star Wars fan, but I think you're the close second. Um, but you were also a little disappointed in this movie. Yes. Um... Star Wars has been a huge part of my life since I was a kid. Uh, grew up watching the movies. Was you know have been huge with the action figures, all this stuff. It is, uh, it's been one of my favorite things uh, from cinema for the longest time, uh, and I was so excited for for this. You know the that trailer, uh, the final trailer that they released. You know brought tears to my eyes, and it did after seeing it several times. You know in theaters and whatnot, and I was just so 
excited about having this finale of the Skywalker saga, you know, bringing the, these three trilogies to an end, bring this new trilogy to an end. And while, while sitting and watching this movie, I just kept thinking to myself, Oh my God, what's going on? Because uh, like Chris said, th this movie is extremely messy. It is very convoluted. It, it, Tries to, JJ tries to bite off way more than he can chew. He introduces so many new things uh, and so many new characters and tries to reconcile them with a story that in itself is also messy and doesn't make much logistical sense in how it progresses. Understand so many things in such a short period of time without giving you enough time to settle with it and, and ex understand the weight of it all. Um, it just, he feels like he's trying to do so many things, essentially everything <laughs> by taking on, you know, the end of three trilogies and the end of this trilogy and satisfying fans who want to see little moments that, you know, call back to the old trilogy and, uh, you know, bring back old characters like Lando and all that stuff. And it's just, it just makes for this huge hodgepodge that doesn't have nearly as much emotional weight or resonance as like Chris said, something like Avengers Endgame. And that's exactly what I thought walking out of the theater, which I will say, after walking out of my screening, everyone seemed pretty quiet and kind of somber. And when there were discussions afterwards between you know other critics attending the press screening, it was all kind of hushed. Like really? They did, yeah, like they didn't want to say like that they were disappointed. Almost like they, like they felt bad about wow, this is not. This does not go the way that we thought it would. See, because um, I, I went to the premiere, and the premiere atmosphere is always like, you know, it's a, there's excitement there. And, you know, the stars are in the room, whatever. So that, that reaction is always going to be good, even if you don't like the movie, like the crowd reaction. But I saw it at a 10 a.m. screening in Hollywood. And I would want, want to say there was like three or four claps throughout the screening, including a clap at the end. Like, a, Were there... Were there friends and family at that screening? I I don't think so. I think they're doing that in the Disney lot. This was, uh, I think this was just press. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I walked away feeling disappointed. And it's it was, it was fascinating to me to think about it because uh, Avengers Endgame, I, I, I was so moved during that movie. I, uh, I I cried tears of joy during the finale and, and sadness, you know, when, when Tony Stark sacrifices himself. And granted, that comes after... Uh, 23 movies, but Star Wars has been a part of my life for, you know, 25 years, roughly. And there's a couple moments in this movie that bring me to tears, but it was nothing as powerful as what I felt in Avengers Endgame. And when I walked out, I didn't feel anywhere near the amount of satisfaction. And even some of the great moments in this movie never really hit the same high for me as the highs in Avengers Endgame. And it's just, yeah, I just feel like J.J., oh really bit off more than he can chew and just couldn't stick the landing. Okay, I said this was going to be a news episode and we turned this into a 15-minute reaction to a movie. So let's move on for now because we'll have time to talk about Star Wars later. Um, I mean, talk about this movie later. We have more Star Wars news to get into. Uh, let's talk about the future of this franchise. Does, what does this mean? Like, will we ever get to see these characters again, Brad? Uh, it certainly seems like that's that's a possibility. Uh, many people had wondered with these new characters whether or not the Skywalker saga also meant the end of their journey, despite only getting three movies to spend with them. Unlike the uh, original characters from the um, the first trilogy and some of the prequel characters as well. But Kathleen Kennedy recently uh, confirmed 
that they're not looking to abandon the new characters that were introduced in this sequel trilogy. So we could very well see characters like uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe return um, in some capacity, whether or not that means they'll do uh, in-between stories on Disney+, Plus, whether they'll continue you know, uh, character arcs or anything like that. And we would like to say that that's not us confirming that these any or all of these characters live or survive, but just the idea that they could still tell more stories with them, whether they are... Uh, like I said, stories that take place between these episodes or a- anything like that. Um, another interesting fact about this too is that even though this is the end of a trilogy and the end of three trilogies, it sounds like we may have seen the last of Star Wars trilogies, uh, at least for a little while, because Kathleen Kennedy also said that they're looking to go beyond the trilogy format. Uh, it sounds like that, that maybe they're seeing uh, a bit of restriction in telling a story and they don't want to be locked into a three act structure simply because the precedent has been set by the star Wars trilogy. And I think that's, they, they clearly were already trying to do that with a star Wars story, but I think that in the future, even, even the stories that aren't supposed to be these standalone spinoff kind of tales, we'll start to see star Wars movies that maybe stand alone a little bit more, uh, that could continue in a serial way, but not necessarily in a trilogy. Yeah. It feels to me like they're like, we got to take the Marvel approach. Like what? What is successful here, Marvel? Yeah, let's do that. Chris, am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or the dark universe approach that worked out pretty well. They should try that. <laughs> Brad, what were you gonna say? No, that's it. Okay, that's it. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll have to figure that out. We've heard that Kathleen Kennedy is about to make some decisions, and we should be getting some announcements forthcoming in the next month or two. So look out for those. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, J.J. Uh, Abrams, who directed the uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, he was asked on the press tour if we're ever going to get those original theatrical Star Wars cuts released. And uh, he actually said something interesting. Chris, what do we know? Uh, yeah, he basically made it sound like we're never going to get them, which is kind of a bummer. But during this interview, he says that, you know, he asked the powers that be, and obviously he has uh, an inside track to these people since he works with them, you know, uh, let's release those original cuts, the the non-special editions. And he was told for, quote, reasons he doesn't understand that it's just not possible. And that's a real bummer because, you know, from a personal standpoint, I've actually avoided buying the original trilogy uh, on Blu-ray or even rewatching them now that are on Disney Plus, just because I really don't want to watch those special editions. I want the original cuts. And yes, yes, I know there are bootlegs out there, but I would love to just own an actual physical copy. I would love to have the Blu-ray on my shelf. And it just, unfortunately, it seems like we're never going to get that, which really sucks. Yeah. There's not only bootlegs, there's like a whole despecialized edition. Have you ever like seen video of this? Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen sort of like clips of that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's like the best part of Star Wars fandom to me, is like when people get together and like do this like insanely geeky thing of like being able to like piece together a cut of a film from like, you know, different sources and use their like CG to like fit, you know, to smooth things out and stuff like that. Um, j- just getting together and creating something positive uh, with their efforts. Uh, it is a shame that we're never going to get it because I, I've, I've heard that they have 4k masters of these, but it's crazy too, because like, it's just going to make them more money. Like I, I seriously doubt they would have to spend 
more than they would make to release these, and and fans would go crazy for them. What what do you think the limitation is here? Because like fans were able to like create something close to the original cuts. That's like 4K. I if I had to bet, I would wonder if maybe it was part of the overall Disney Lucasfilm deal that Lucas said, "Here's all the stuff, but you can never ever do this." Oh. Do you think you'd do that? Do you think that would be part of the deal? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I've read multiple pl- times that he really doesn't want those original cuts released. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is the reason. I don't know why he would want that, but you know, that's know. that's his way. <laughs> I just find it funny that he would have that as part of the deal, but he sells them, you know, a treatment for three films and Disney decides not to use those treatments and like that was not like he didn't think to put that in the writing, but he put, you know, you can't release the original editions. He writing. probably didn't. He probably didn't think that they wouldn't use his ideas because he thought they were so good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also possible. Okay, uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the ticket sales. Uh, I I've noticed online that there's screenings open at like the ArcLight. That have like no tickets sold at like uh, midnight or one a.m. So how are tickets doing, Brad? Well, as of now, they seem to be on par with where the last Jedi ticket sales were at the exact same uh, point in the sales cycle, uh, which isn't bad. It's not as good as Force Awakens, but you have to remember Force Awakens uh, was a juggernaut at the box office. You know, it had it had been ten years since we had seen uh, a Star Wars movie. Uh, actually, more than that, even wasn't it like it was like twelve, maybe I forget. Yeah, I don't know. Over I'm, a decade. I'm a- over a decade. And so people were really excited to see how Star Wars would come back and new characters and uh, seeing old characters come back. There was just so much more hype. Uh, and in the case, uh, the tradition of, you know, box office performance, sequels traditionally tend to uh, perform lower than their predecessors pretty much all the time. But the the exception, especially in the case of Star Wars, is that the third installments have seen an uptick following the second movie. Uh, Return of the Jedi saw an uptick from The Empire Strikes Back uh, a little bit more significantly. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not The Rise of Skywalker will follow suit and make more money than The Last Jedi did. Um, For reference, The Last Jedi earned $316 million less than Force Awakens domestically and $420 million less internationally. Uh, And like I said, the drop mostly becomes for the fact that the excitement around Force Awakens wasn't nearly as much for The Last Jedi yeah. because it was just a sequel. But this is supposed to be, you know, the finale of the Skywalker saga. They've been selling us all this nostalgia and the idea that everything is leading to this. And it's it seems a little bit disappointing or worrying that the movie is only on par with Last Jedi and not at least doing a little bit better. Um, the yeah. the numbers we have for the for ticket sales, you know, show that, like I said, they're on par with Last Jedi, but Adam Tickets apparently has it doing a little less than Last Jedi. So it's, uh, yeah, I think the real test will be how the movie does opening weekend and what the word of mouth is from general audiences as yeah. to how this movie continues to sell tickets. Because we should say that uh, critic reviews usually don't have any impact on the opening weekend box office. That Usually word of mouth is what, like, will make or break a movie of this caliber, an event film. Uh, but I'm really curious, like, what do you think, if, if this movie does less opening weekend box office than Last Jedi, what, I mean, what do you think that means? Like, is it, is it are there more fans that were upset over, you know, that didn't like the 
uh, decisions that were made in Last Jedi than we think? Is, or is it just Star Wars overload and people are are people just sick of the fandom? Like, what, what do you think, think it is? I think it's a lot. A lot of the latter. Um, Star Wars fatigue does seem to be a thing. It's Star Wars has started to feel less special with as many movies as have been released, especially now that the Mandalorian is on Disney Plus. Um, even though there are people who do not like the Last Jedi for what you would say are valid reasons and aren't silly, um, you know, misogynistic, racist, sexist viewpoints from uh, a lot of jerks from what is being called the fandom menace. Um, that 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 small group isn't big enough to make that big of a difference in the overall box office. If anything, part of me wonders if, you know, some people are maybe holding off for the opening weekend because this is the last weekend before Christmas and people have a lot of, sh- you know, shit to do before the holiday comes around and family starts coming in. Maybe they're waiting to see it with families once they arrive in the middle of the week for Christmas. So there's, there's a lot of different factors that come into play here, uh, but you but, know, but, like, but, but, Brad, you know where you do that shit? You do it at the mall, where there's a movie theater. I mean, I don't think there are as many mall cineplexes as uh, you yeah, think there are not. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, okay, we have a bunch of other stories to get to. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, there's a rumor going on that Marvel and Lucasfilm might be teaming up for a st- secret Star Wars TV show that might be coming to Disney+. Plus. Chris, what do we know? Yes, this show is apparently about Dr. Alpha, a character I have never heard of before. But uh, Chris, it's Dr. Afra. Afra. Uh, see, that that proves how much how little I know about this character. I read it too quickly. Uh Dr. Afra, I'm sorry all you Afra heads out there. Uh <laughs> she is a uh archaeologist who was hired by Darth Vader according to this um from uh co- she's from comics. Marvel Star Wars comics. So that's why I have never heard of her because I don't read those. Um, yeah. But that's that's the rumor that Disney Plus is working on this secret show about this character. Um, yeah, that's really all we know. Yeah. So. yeah, it's just a rumor for now, but it does come from Jason Ward, who is of making Star Wars, and he typically has some really good sources and was you know all over the leaks for Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, this character, though, I would say is probably one of the best characters ever created in the Star Wars, what I'd call the expanded universe, you know, the non-live action uh, components uh, or non-TV show and movie components. Uh, It's kind of like the Indiana Jones, like the dark Indiana Jones. Um, Brad, have you read any of these comics? I have not. I'm only vaguely familiar. It's part of the Star Wars comics uh, arena that I haven't uh, dived into yet. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if this does come true because – you know, looking at my Disney Plus service, like Imagineering Story is over, which was fantastic, by the way. It's worth subscribing just for that. But uh, Mandalorian is over in a week and a half. So, like, what do we have next? Like, Disney needs to get on this because they're, I, I think, like, the next big thing is in what, like, March or April of next year? Am I correct in saying that? Something like that. Sure. Let's pretend yeah. you are without looking it up. Yeah. I know. I think um, the Monsters, Inc. TV show, which I've heard is actually very good, is in March of next year. So I think I, I will say I will say this. Maybe they don't need too many original things like I have Disney Plus. I finally got it because I, I get it for free for a year because I'm a Verizon subscriber. I haven't watched any of their original things. I only use it to watch 
like older stuff like Pixar stuff or, or their animated movies. So I don't know. Maybe they don't have to worry about that. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Chris, I would highly recommend watching Imagineering Story. I think you might even enjoy that. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Maybe someday. Or Jeff Goldblum because it's yeah, so maybe. weird and wacky. It's interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, we have one last story. This one doesn't involve Star Wars, but it involves another star franchise. This is Star Trek. We had been talking, I think, for years now that Quentin Tarantino has written a Star Trek movie and might be directing it. Uh, you know, I've predicted that this is never going to happen. Chris, what is going on with this? Uh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino has been talking about this for uh, at least over a year now. And to be fair, this wasn't like just a rumor. This was like a, a real, quote unquote, real thing going on here. Quentin Tarantino had meetings with people. There was a screenwriter actually hired to write this script. Paramount was seemingly on board with it. J.J. Abrams was on board with it. And when I got to talk to Quentin Tarantino uh, a few months ago, I, I flat out asked him, are you going to make this? And he more or less said, yeah, I am trying to get this made at some point. But now during a, a recent interview, it came up again and he said he, he's pretty much steering away from it at this point. Um, he didn't really go into more details about why, but uh, it could be a variety of reasons. It could be he just he just lost interest in it. It could be now that the official star Trek four is in the works. Paramount doesn't want to have two competing star Trek things in the works. Um, you know, it could be a, a wide variety of things, but it, it boils down to, he's probably not making this star Trek movie at this point. Do you, do you think like this was just all kind of like a thing that he was setting up in case once upon a time in Hollywood had like the same fate, uh, box office wise as like hateful eight. No, I, I honestly, I think Quentin Tarantino is a guy like, Guillermo del Toro, where he's got a million things kicking around his brain, and rather than keep them a secret, he loves to talk about them. Guillermo del Toro has the same problem, where he he has all these projects he wants to work on, and a lot of filmmakers have this same thing, but they know better <laughs> about talking about it. They, they keep it under their, under their hat, they keep it close to the vest, and they wait to announce them. But Tarantino and del Toro, they're guys who just love to talk about stuff they want to make, and as time goes by, they just eventually don't make it. You know, Tarantino has a, a wealth of projects he's talked about over the years that he's never made. And I kind of think, like, this is probably one of them. This is something he wanted to make, and he's just moving on at this point. It just sucks that there's, like, all these scripts, like, in a virtual, like, you know, development hell that we'll never get our hands on. Like, make a comic book out of this. I want to be able to uh, consume this in some way. If not, you know, if Tarantino can't get to it, like, let someone else, you know, deliver it to the consumers. Let, let Quibi make it. Yes. Quibi's Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek. It'll, it'll be presented in two-minute segments, and judging by Quentin Tarantino's average runtime, it will ta it'll air one a, a month for ten years. Yeah, that's about right. Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>